the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is pre-recorded. This is the Paul George Real Estate Show with your host, Paul George. Sponsored by the Paul George Real Estate Group. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the hosts, the guests, and callers, and not necessarily those of Salem Media Group, staff, management, or advertisers. And now, here's your host, Paul George. Welcome to the Paul George Real Estate Show. I'm your host, Paul George, a 30-year real estate agent who helps people buy, build, and sell homes in the central Ohio area. Today, we're going to talk everything about roofs. And the reason, one of the reasons I want to bring this up uh, as a subject matter is I'm kind of going through a roof situation myself. Um, but anytime any sale comes up in um, real estate, it seems like a roof always is one of the first questions. And it is one of the one things, probably the most expensive things, if it needs repair or needs replacement, it's probably the most expensive thing that really has to be done. Because if you have to, if you find out a leak or something like that, it's got to be fixed. Whereas, you know, typically furnaces will still be at the end of their useful life or a window is not great, but it still works. Whereas a roof, if you got a leak, you got to do something about it right now. And that usually leads to either a repair or replacement. And it's very hard to repair a roof if you want it to look the same as the rest of the roof. Um, before I bring on my guest, I want to talk about a new program for home buyers uh, that's specific to Ohio. And we finally have some more information on. Uh, in previous shows, I've dangled out the program that's been going through a legislative process for a long time. Um, one of the neat things that I know that's come to the fruition is I, within our industry, within our local uh, real estate association, we have a leadership academy, a leadership group. And this idea actually came out of the leadership group of last year. And the idea is that basically it's a 529 savings account, that type of thing where, uh, and I use that number because that's for college. This is for housing and it is called, uh, it's so new, I got to do it. It's the Ohio Homebuyer Plus program. But basically it's a situation where you can start a savings account towards a down payment for a house. And so what's the big deal with that? Uh, the number one issue that people have to, buying a house right now, the hardest thing to do is save for a down payment. There's a lot of people who can afford a payment, but they can't come up with the 3%, 5%, 10%, 20% down. And this program is one that is uh, a little different in that uh, you start a savings account with a designated lender or bank. Uh, credit unions seem to be the ones that are uh, taking it on first. And what it is, is, you know, if you have a typical savings account, um, you go to the bank and you put some money in, you get this not so good interest rate. Um, you know, you may get 1%, 2%. I think they may be up to 2% now. What's happened is the state has come in and said, we will enhance that interest rate. Whatever the bank pays you, we are going to enhance that. And the first ones I've seen um, are about 5.5%. So if you start a bank account that's designated for a down payment on a house, uh, the interest rate as of the moment is five and a half percent, and that can change with the way the market changes. But there's always going to be a subsidy from the state. Uh, the other portion of that is that um, it is, and again, talk to your accountant, but they probably don't know about it yet. But the way it's set up is that you can write that off of your Ohio, your state income taxes. Um, and the nice thing about it, too, is anybody who contributes to it can do that as well. And there is 12 pages worth of regulations on this because it's a government program. It's not this one-page thing. But if you go to um, one of the lenders that offers it, they have it down to a one-page real quick explanation. But anyway, if you can write the taxes off on that, and some of the ways I can see this happening is um, wedding gifts. Uh, if somebody wants to actually give you money for a wedding gift, they can actually designate it into a fund to start for your down payment on a house. 
There's limits. Uh, there's no income limits. We right now have plenty of programs. If you need down payment assistance, uh, there's tons and tons of programs available for 1% down, 2% down, 3% down. They can credit you back towards that, but those are very specific as to income and maybe census tracts or professions or something like that. This is for anybody. Anybody who wants to buy a house, it doesn't even have to be a first-time home buyer. So if you want to start something for a second house or you're a renter that uh, used to own a house, um, you can use this program. Um, as I say, one of the nice things about it is that it can be contributed to by anybody. Uh, there's yearly limits, and I think the life limit is like $100,000, um, and you have to use it within five years. There's all kinds of other specifics. Um, you got to be an Ohio resident. The house has to be in Ohio. You can't use it for a vacation home or anything like that. So it's really meant to get people started for their down payment. Um, I know one of the credit unions, Tell Ohio, um, is offering this. But on top of that, and I see many others doing it, they are offering um, a closing cost credit. You know, a lot of times closing costs will amount to three, four, five, six thousand dollars, depending on your personal situation. But uh, Tell Ohio is offering like fifteen hundred dollars towards your closing costs if you use them as a lender. So there's a lot of positive things coming out uh, about this, and it's just starting, but it is finally here. Uh, check with your lender. If not, if this is something that appeals to you, check with them. Um, the nice thing too is, like I say, is uh, somebody asked me about it because, like I said, I brought up the situation about a wedding. Um, you can do that, give it to somebody for a wedding. You can get it to somebody for a birthday instead of just gifting the money. Um, it's allowable. Uh, if you were gifting somebody money for a FHA loan or something like that, you have to write these letters and all this other stuff, and you don't get a tax benefit out of it. So it's something to look into. Um like I said, it's one of those where it's just one of many things available. And if you need help as to, okay, I want to buy a house, but I don't have a down payment yet, give me a call. Um, there are so many programs available depending on your situation. I could, there's lenders that specialize in certain types of subsidies. Um, I was at a real estate meeting this morning and basically it's saying, hey, we can get somebody in a house with no money down. Um, they had a stipulation where they will credit you 3% of the down payment. Uh, you just, there's some limits on you have to stay in the house for seven years. If not, you got to pay it back. If not, it's appropriated. That's just one of the examples of the things that are available to you. So, again, if you have a questions about buying a home and needing a down payment, give me a holler. Um, when we come back, we are going to talk about um, something that is a hot button issue within the insurance industry. And with the roofing industry, if we had an insurance guy on uh, a few episodes ago and he said the number one uh, issue that's coming up with insurance is roofs uh, and how that's changing. Uh, we're going to go over some history of what they used to do, what they're doing now and what's coming up. So when we come back. I'll introduce Randy. Navigating the complexities of the current real estate market can be a daunting task. Fortunately, you have a trusted ally, the Paul George Group of Keller Williams Greater Columbus Realty. From the moment you start your journey, the Paul George Group with over 30 years of experience will be right beside you, guiding you through every step of the process, whether it's finding the perfect home or building, skillfully negotiating on your behalf, working with lenders, managing inspections, or handling title matters, their expertise ensures your best interests are always at heart. Don't hesitate to take the first step towards your real estate goals. Reach out to the Paul George Group for a no-obligation consultation. Call 614-570-2853. That's 614-570-2853. Or email paul at paulgeorgerealestate.com. When it comes to making informed decisions in the real estate world, trust the Paul George Group to lead the way. Submit your questions for the show to Paul at PaulGeorgeRealEstate.com. That's Paul at PaulGeorgeRealEstate.com. Now back to your host, Paul George. Welcome back to the Paul George Real Estate Show. Remember, give us a like on Facebook. Um, go to Facebook and look up the Paul George Group and find me and 
um, give us a like on that and follow us. That'd be nice to do. Darn it. Uh, <laughs> also, if you wanted more information on the Paul George Group, look up PaulGeorgeRealEstate.com or HalfTheBeatles.com or those are all my email addresses and things like that as well too. Paul at PaulGeorgeRealEstate.com. Uh, give me questions on the show for the show. We always maybe once a quarter, or so we put those questions together and put them out. Um, so we can answer your questions that you have, but if you need a, something immediately, give me an email and I'll email you right back with it. My guest today is Randy Sitz. He is from Security Roofing. Randy, I'll tell you up front, he is a friend of mine and he is as honest as the day is long. And sometimes that's not always easy to find in the uh, roofing industry. And we'll talk about that a little bit, but I ask him on because it seems like in a real estate transaction or even not, every homeowner has kind of a, an eye on their roofs because they know how expensive it is. And then they always hear about, you know, my neighbor got a new roof. Should I get one? This kind of thing. Um, a lot of times are covered by homeowner's insurance. And when that comes up, there's conflict, basically. You know, the, the homeowner's insurance says that one thing and, you know, the neighbor down the street got one and they say another thing and it's not uh, apples to apples all the time. So I want to have him come on and clarify some of the things that is going on in the industry um, as well as how it is being affected by homeowners insurance. So with that, uh, welcome to the show, Randy. Introduce yourself and tell us who you're with and kind of what you do. Thanks, Paul. Uh, my name is Randy Sitz. I'm with Security Roofing. I've been with the company for about 15 years now. Our home office is located in the Dayton market or out of the Dayton market. But uh, myself, my brother, both live in the Columbus market. My crew lives in Columbus market. So we cover uh, roof replacements and repairs to the Columbus market, Dayton market. So what's, you know, I kind of talked about the hot button issues with the insurance industry. What's kind of a hot thing in your industry, whether it's the roof types, the insurance companies, the you know, the weather, <laughs> you know, things like that. Kind of what's going on in the industry? Well, we usually get a phone call. Um, a lead may come in or someone's concerned about their roof. It may start out as a, a damage or a leak that you were talking about a little bit earlier. And, of course, they want to know if it's going to be covered by the insurance, which is very common. Um, I would highly rec- recommend you have a contractor come out, myself, mm-hmm. someone from Security Roofing, I uh, would be more than happy to take a look at it for you, but it basically starts out with uh, uh, it could be two shingles that are damaged. And I don't think that that warrants a, an insurance claim um, as little as maybe five or ten shingles, depending where they're at on the on the roof or how it's going to affect uh, the line of sight uh, is important. But, uh, again, if you've got 15, 20, 30, 40 shingles missing, there's probably a pretty good chance you've got an insurance claim to be made. And that initial conversation, that initial meeting, do you guys charge anything for that? Is no, that it's all free meeting? estimates. Okay. We'll come out and assess the roof, uh, hopefully pinpoint where what the problem is that you're having with the roof, and then give uh, some further direction and if you should make the claim or not. So let's take a step back and let's go to some basics. Um, in the Midwest, uh, you know, I always ask people, People ask me, what's the most common type of roof? And I'm pretty sure it's an asphalt shingle. But what other types of roofs? Because uh, we're starting to see a lot of different types of roofing material, at least in the Midwest, that are starting to be advertised and starting to come into the mainstream. What are some of the things that you see? What's, I mean, is asphalt shingle still the, the gold standard yet? I think it's the number one shingle going on residential homes today. Um, yes, there's the metal roofs out there, and there's uh wooden shake shingles that have been gone on before in the past. Um, you've even had slate going on roofs uh, in the past, but then again, we're going back 100, 150, 200 years. Yeah. So, but as we progress forward, they're trying to, you know, make better products out there. And of course they brought asphalt shingles in roughly a year, year and a half ago. So, and again, they started with a three tab shingle that was only warranted for maybe 15, 20 years. And since then, uh, they've come out with a dimensional shingle at one point, so it was um, warranted at more twenty five years. So, have you heard anything about solar shingles? And I, I didn't ask you this before, but I just read something about they have 
shingles that are solar and they can actually produce. I don't, I know that they're out there. There's Mm -hmm. a couple companies that do carry them. Um, Again, it's a new product, so I'd be very careful. Yeah. (laughs) You don't (laughs) want to be the first one in. Exactly. Um, I think they're probably still testing and they're still putting them on roofs. But if they are very successful, you'll see the industry change towards it aggressively probably. Yeah. Um, But other than that, you know, they've come out with metal shingles before. Um, I'm not sure if they've come out with solars. This may be the first time they've ever come out with solars. But, again, they're constantly trying to look for uh, new new ways to do the roofing. I do a lot of new construction, and there's not even a question as to what type of shingle goes on them. But some of the clients are starting to ask about um, differences between asphalt shingles. They're asking about rubber roof shingles. They look yeah. like shingles and tiles. They... And the metal roofs are probably the other things that are coming in the mainstream. Yeah. Tell me some of the differences and maybe some of the longevity and saving the cost. Uh, well, again, here uh, the asphalt shingles that are most commonly put on today are probably most uh, affordable uh, right now. <laughs> longe- longevity wise, you know, you're going to get a what they would call a limited lifetime dimensional shingle put in place. Um, if it's installed correctly, I'm, I feel comfortable saying that you're going to get a 30 years out of that roof. But again, you know, there's 10, 15 different shingles, maybe even more out there. Um, when a homeowner or you're looking into replace your roof, I think it's most important that you choose the proper contractor than it is the shingle. To give you the right kind of advice. And like I said, it, it, it almost seems like a sales pitch all the time now for the metal roofs. What is generally is a metal roof? Is it a twice the expense of an asphalt shingle? Is it? Three quarters. Do you have an idea of what those differences are? It could be all of the above. (laughs) You can start with uh, barn roofing, which is the waffle waving type of a metal, inexpensive roof with uh, exposed fasteners uh, at that point as well. And then they got a nicer, you know, the next level up would be probably a shingle metal roofing that's going to that has fabric uh, fasteners that are exposed as well. But then again, you're getting a maintenance issue. That's what I was wondering. Anything exposed is never a good thing. Um, You kind of touched on it a bit before about a a 30-year shingle if it's installed right and things. I I can't remember the last time I've seen that I've sold a house and they said they got a roof put on 10 years ago and it's a 30-year shingle, so there's 20 years left in it. And Mm -hmm. every inspector, even a roofer, would come up and say it doesn't have that much left on it. Why is there such a discrepancy between what they – a 30-year, 50-year or whatever – What's why is the discrepancy of the actual life as compared to what they say they are? I've been uh, doing it for about fifteen years, getting on roofs and looking at shingles, and of course I've met with every uh, adjuster out there he could possibly meet with, and quite a few homeowners. Um, but my practice is, if you've got a ten or fifteen year old roof, you normally wouldn't have a problem with it. Um, it wouldn't wear, it wouldn't lose uh, granular at that point. Um, but what a the problems that you could have with a shingle that's less than 10 or 15 years old, I've changed out maybe a dozen roofs that were less than five years old. Mm-hmm. But that's all installation error, meaning they were installed correctly. They weren't overlapped properly or their nails are exposed or they're not offset properly uh, enough in there. So water's penetrating and getting through where it shouldn't be going through uh, at that point. So, again, it's... All becomes it all comes down to installation and how it's being installed. One of the things I've learned because I attend all my inspections, and you know, I'll be the first one to tell you that a general home inspector is not a roofer. They have an idea that okay, this is something that needs to be looked at by a roofer, and it seems like whenever there's an issue, one of the main culprits is ventilation. And I've seen so many different types of ventilation between. Soffit vents, gable vents, roof vents. I've seen attic fans. I've seen. What's the difference in what are being used now? And is there things that people can do now to enhance the the ventilation system? Because it all it does is just it cuts down on the life of the roof. I assume. Right. Uh, of course, uh, ventilation is very important, as well as insulation is just as important uh, at that point. But uh, some of the venting. Uh, is most important is in the soffit area. You're trying to get that cool air that bevels up underneath that soffit to actually push the hot air out the top of the, excuse me, the roof. Um, 
some of the products that we use out there is a shingle over a ridge vent. So we want our ventilation to be at the very top of the part of the roof. So we'll get into uh, taking out some of the ridge cap and putting a ridge vent in at that point. Now there's other products out there. Um, uh, hat, uh, hat vents, yeah. Hat <laughs> vents or turtle vents or whatever they may call them. The only thing that's different uh, where I think that they've made improvements and going to the shingle over ridge vent is the fact that you have a lot less piercings. Yeah, so you so. basically a lot less holes in the <laughs> in the roof. Itself. Correct, and so. those hat vents are five feet down from the top, eight feet down from the top of the roof as well. Hey, if you're just joining us, this is Paul, the Paul George Real Estate Show, and I'm your host, Paul George. But I'm joined by Randy Sitz from Security Roofing, and we're talking all about roofs. Um, back to the ventilation, one of the Things I always see on a home inspection. The old houses have the side of the houses. I think they're gable vents is what they're called. Mm-hmm. That seems to be the first place that birds, all kinds of things get in there. And they tend to have issues with, um, you know, stuff on the inside. I, I've I've had to have like places like Servpro or some of those come in here and actually mitigate all the mess that they make, so to speak. Um, and I'm guessing that has an issue too with, uh, insulation and, you know, things. It's funny. One of the things this morning that we were told to look out for is that hey, if you're going down an old neighborhood and you see snow on that roof, snow on that roof, and there's no snow on that roof, it says they haven't, they don't, they haven't insulated it well enough. Does insulation pay a part in the roofing itself? If you don't have enough insulation, yeah. does that affect the roof? Most definitely. Just as important as ventilation. Is so it? You're constantly trying to insulate your home from the, drywall ceiling down mm-hmm. the, your, your living space uh, needs to be warm and you want to keep that heat in that area so you need I don't, i'm not an insulation guy but i think it's 14 to 18 20 20 inches of insulation in your attic yeah i think if it's, it's 18 not, is the minimum or so, so i think uh your focus is try to get the attic space is should be the same temperatures outside within reason within so, reason it's not well, it's if it's 200 90, degrees up there, yeah, if it's 90 <laughs> degrees outside, you should have ventilation that's going to keep that attic somewhere at the same 90 degrees. Do you see attic fans anymore? Um, they're still out there. They still make them. We actually take them out as a company. Again, they're it's not an, useful. It's another piercing. And um, as you do some research on it, sometimes they say that the power vent is actually drawing from your ridge vent or a, a if, turtle vent. Or another way, uh, and it's not moving the air like it should through the whole attic space. It, it seems like there's two issues that always seem to come up on a home inspection where there's leaks, and they are usually around the fireplaces and any place that has skylights. What's the things you guys can do to make those more secure than, like you said, it's a natural hole in your roof, basically, and somehow you gotta you got to tidy that up. What's the best way to do that? Well, around the chimneys and stuff, um, you usually don't have a problem with in, in the normal install. But when you get into doing a layover, they can't flash it properly. They can't check the step flashing. They can't counter flash it. Ch- flashing a chimney is a two-step process. There's step flashing and counter flashing. And there's multiple ways to install it. Well, there's actually one way to install it correctly, and that's basically a step-down flashing with the counter. Um, now, don't get all technical on me here. Yeah. I just want to look at it and say, how am I going to keep it from leaking? <laughs> well, I mean, re- do you have to slap it with a bunch of tar? Do you nah, put metal on it? No, or replace it. it Pull it all out. It. Yeah, when you do the roof, make sure that the flashing's in there. All your metals are being pulled out and replaced as well. One of the things, since we are in the winter right now, um, and thankfully we haven't had it for a few years, but we've had issues with dams, ice dams, and that causes a backup. Explain to me what that is and how people can prevent it or know if they have the preventative stuff you can do with that. Yeah, they they probably know that they have it because they see the two two feet of snow piling up about five feet from their gutter line. But the reason that's happening is because it's a lack of insulation or lack of ventilation. It's not necessarily an install of a problem with a shingle or a missing shingle. But uh, as you lose the heat in your house, it goes through your attic and melts that snow at the top, and then that snow refreezes down close to your soffit where all the cool air is again. So that's why you want them with a big ball of ice or three feet of snow sitting 
two, three feet up from your gutter line, which will create when that melts and then it wick, wants to wick back up underneath your shingles and cause your problem internally. And then when it melts, mm-hmm. it gets in the house because that's mm-hmm. where I see a lot of uh, stains in the walls. Right. It's on it's those on exterior drywall walls. Yeah. yeah. Do gutters play a role in the roofing system? Um, gutters are important. Uh, again, you know, uh, depends how the roofing system's put on uh, at that point because you're going to get into a, a gutter apron that's pretty important too. There's we use a gutter apron; it's bent a little bit uh, differently to keep that water shedding from the shingles. Um, off the shingles hits that piece of metal into the middle of your gutter. Is what we'd like to. Your gutter needs to be mounted and tightly up against fascia board, um, allowing that water to get into the gutter. And, and again, I, I just know everything from inspections. When the inspector comes up and says he shows me all the sand and grit and everything in the gutter, he's saying this is an indication that the roof is not being ventilated properly or something properly. So You're going to have some natural shedding of the shingles anyhow. Right. Um when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more about some of the insurance side of the funky side of uh, this, the hard side, instead of just the nuts and bolts of a roof. Um, just remember, guys, after this show, we do this comes becomes a podcast, and we'll tell you more about that when we come back. Visit the Paul George Real Estate Group at paulgeorgerealestate.com. That's PaulGeorgeRealEstate.com. Now back to your host, Paul George. Welcome back to the Paul George Real Estate Show. I'm your host, Paul George, and I'm here today with Randy Sitz of Security Roofing. We're talking everything about roofing. Um, Again, we're talking about this because we know that is probably the most expensive repair replacement you have in your house. More expensive than a furnace, more expensive than your sump pump, more expensive than a hot water tank. So I think I thought we'd better uh, talk about this a little bit. Hey, before we get back to our topic, I'd like the the audience to get to know you a little bit better, Randy. And a lot of times I ask certain questions and things. Tell me a little bit about your family and a little bit about everybody. Uh, we moved back to the Westerville area about 19 years ago. Um, I've got uh, four children, um, almost a 30-year-old daughter. 29-year-old daughter and twin boys that are be 20 years old. So my wife and I have been married 32 years. Ugh. 32 <laughs> years. I didn't realize it was that long. Make it sound rough. Days. I know. <laughs> Randy is, um, uh, as I mentioned, I know Randy on a personal level. And the one thing that kind of draws us to him is his um, sense of family and you just ta- heard him talking about his kids but one of the things he did uh, his house has turned into a destination place I, th- I say that because he, that's how he bribed his family to get back tell them a little bit about what you did to your your current home uh, we've been there 19 years so um, the house is probably closer to 30 years old at this point so it was time to start remodeling if that's what you're referring to yeah um, of course you do this take care of the simple things uh, outside uh, you're you know, put a, just put a roof on, <laughs> put gutters on, painted the roof or painted I don't the siding. Hear about the boring stuff. <laughs> yeah. Tell me about the fun stuff. Uh, well, well, we just dropped a pool in the backyard a couple of years ago. Oh, just dropped a pool. Yeah, uh, we did put a little bit of uh, an outdoor kitchen in and big patio and stuff of that nature. It's been a lot of fun. He's been downplaying what he's been talking about because I've been there. He also has a hub in his basement that is probably better than 99% of the bars that are out there. We call it Sitz's Pub. Sitz's Pub. And he's got signs and things to prove that. Uh, and again, I think the whole reason he did that is just to keep the family coming back and give them a reason other than just the you know Thanksgiving dinner to come back. The nice thing about it, they bring all their friends and it just keeps him young and he loves to cook for him. He loves to, you know, have them. Uh, he provides the libations half the time and you know, it's just a nice sense of good people bring want family involved in their life, and that's what he does. Um, one question I ask everybody that comes on the show, and if you could learn any talent instantly, didn't have to go through the year's process of learning it, um, something fun like that, what do you think that would be? Silence is not I good for radio. No, I guess yeah. I've never given that much thought. Um, hmm. Hmm. Would you 
Wish you could hit a baseball for me. <laughs> <laughs> well, that made things a little bit easier in life. Yeah. <laughs> if you could be, be a professional athlete, that'd be awesome. If it's football or baseball or whatever it may be. I'd say about half the people, and this probably comes to me, they uh, always have something musical or something like that. They wish they can get up in front of people and start singing or sit down at a bar and play the piano. Uh, do you have anything? Not in the music. Not in the music. <laughs> well, just is there any other talent that you wish you had? Paul, you're putting me on the spot. <laughs> yeah. well, let me ask you an easy one. Let me ask you an easy one. If you were at home with your wife and you guys were just sitting, laying in the bed, and you going on the guide, if there's something on TV that – you both said, oh, we got to stop and watch this, even though you've seen it a hundred times. What's your favorite movie or oh, Netflix boy. or TV show or anything like that? Of course, it would be a category of my wife. Yeah. You know, I shouldn't have put loves, her on that, huh? Yeah, she loves to watch the TV. Uh, but it'd be you know, my cousin Vinny pops to my head. Oh, there right you now. go. That's a good one. Uh, Jim Carrey. Uh huh. Anything with him? <laughs> yeah, uh, any one of his. Yeah. All right. Well, enough of that. We just want to get to know yeah. you a little bit on a different level here. Maybe 10 years ago or so, there was um, storms that came through here, the ratio or whatever they call I don't know if that was the right one or not. Mm. Uh, you guys come out of the woodwork when there's a wind event or a bad storm or something like that. Um, and it seemed like everybody had roof damage, and it brought out the quality and the non-quality people just because there was such a need for them. Um, the insurance companies pretty much gave a blank check. To, it seemed like at that time to anybody who had any roof damage, they just said do it, and they paid the owners. And you know, I've been to houses where they got paid for it and they never put it on. Mm -hmm. uh, so, and now it's changed a little bit, a lot. Yeah. Um, you know, my claim it actually has my mortgage company on the claim as well as myself on there, um, the small claim that it was. But give me some of the differences between now what you're running into with insurance companies as compared to 10 years ago? Yeah, 10, 15 years ago, it was easier. Um, insurance companies would, like you said, basically cut a check to the homeowner and 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 move forward uh, at that point. But uh, probably since then and uh, the growth of everything uh, out there, the maturity of roofs um, has made it a little bit more difficult in the last 10 years. Um, so now, of course, uh, you know, homeowner that may have never put the roof on or selling the house uh, decided to move or whatever the reason may be and why they chose not to do it is their business but um, of course the insurance companies want to protect their investment as well right so of course uh, you know got your mortgage in place and insurance in place and if they're going to cut a check they want to make sure that they're protected so now it's pretty common that they'll give you maybe the first check maybe 60 70 percent of total payout on it and then when the rest is when the work has been completed they'll release the remainder well the other reason too that like i said they came out of the woodwork was that they would get say ten thousand dollars for a roof and somebody would come up and offer them hey i can do that for five thousand so it's kind of like you get what you pay for because they would come back and say yeah i got a new roof on the house but it was like you said when they sell it 10 years later it's like okay you need another one yeah and again any certified contractor is going to be able to hand in paperwork that supports the work. So once the work has been completed, the contractor is supposed to submit paperwork into the insurance company as well, saying that this work has been completed for X amount of dollars. So if they chose to go with a $5,000 roof or, or contractor, um, they're only going to paid out the $5,000. So it's evolved into being a little more Honest, I guess, is the right word. Exactly. you got to do a little bit of homework and make sure that you're getting what you should be getting to replace the roof properly. Take a shortcut, you get reimbursed for the shortcut that you chose to take. Yeah. So, in other words, we're not getting – it's a little more – well, first of all, it's more expensive, but you're getting more quality than you would have. It's a little more regulated and it's a little more, okay, we're going to get something a lot better than what we would have 10 years ago. So that's – one of the reasons why I have you here because you guys have that reputation for doing it the right way. Um, and probably the biggest reputation you guys have is knowing how to work with insurance companies. Um, let me go through my little dispute with my insurance company because of last spring, I found a big row of shingles in my mulch bed and mm. it was a whole, I mean, maybe 10 feet long and they were all connected together. But then I looked up and yeah, I saw the exposed roof. Um, 
I just want to go through the scenario of what happens after that. When I called you guys, I think it was your brother came out and tarped it and mm-hmm. tell me what the tarping means and then tell me what the process that you guys normally see going after that. Well, to put the tarp in there is obviously a temporary repair. Right. Of course, we want to help uh, litigate any water penetration of moisture getting in uh, to the attic space. So he's probably put a temporary tarp in place uh, to keep the water out at that point. Uh, and typically, once uh, the insurance com- uh, claim has been made, um, then we're in a position to help the homeowner um, uh, foresee and push this thing through for the proper repairs to be done. If it's a larger repair that needs to be done or possibly even a replacement uh, that needs to be done, uh, we could facilitate and help you through that whole process. Here's the issue that comes up with everybody. Um, when you need a repair done, you know, you've got a roof that has been on my roof for, let's say, 10 years. You go out and get new shingles. It doesn't match. Uh, it weathers differently if it's on facing this side's facing the sun, this side isn't. What are the chances of an insurance company seeing that and saying, okay, you can repair it. That's all it needs. And then you put it on there and it's, okay, that's not the same shingle, even if it is the same shingle. What's the process that goes through, well, you guys go through after that? State of Ohio um, has guidelines in there that uh, insurance companies are supposed to abide by as well. It's a reasonable, comparable appearance is what the guidelines are. So when you use the terminology of matching or they don't look the same, um, they don't necessarily really want to hear or even talk about it. But if you start using reasonable, comparable appearance, and it's the terminology that they're most likely uh, to to follow um, because that's the Ohio, guide, the Ohio guidelines. So if you put a shingle up there that doesn't match, um, of course, the insurance company of, um, request um, and they're going to go through, um, have you pull an ITEL report on it, which is a third party out there that tells you who makes the shingle, where the, and what the best match would be. Of course, then the contractor's got to go get the, a bundle of shingles, come back to the site, put them on the roof, and either prove that it's a good match or a bad match at that point. Hey, um, again, if you guys are just joining us, this is the Paul George Real Estate Show, and I'm Paul George, and I'm joined by Randy Sitz, and we are talking about roofs. Uh, Randy's from Security Roofing. He does a ton of work here in Columbus as well as in Dayton. They can go anywhere, I guess, um, within reason. And But what he had talked about before was he can consult with you um, free to kind of see what direction you guys need to go, whether it's an insurance claim, whether it's repair. Um, he'll talk a little bit more about that towards the end here. Um, getting back to my process, um, first person came out was my insurance is with um, Nationwide Homeowners Insurance. They send an adjuster out. Does that adjuster work for Nationwide? Or are they a different third party or are they somebody they hire? What is that adjuster? Uh, Where both. They come from? both? So, sometimes they work for the insurance company. Sometimes the third party. It could be ladder now or. There's a couple other companies out there that they hired to do, to do the work. Do they get up on roofs anymore or are they uh, in-house they adjusters? <laughs> yeah. Uh, if they're working for the company, the liability is probably uh, much greater if it's their people versus hiring uh, a subcontractor or a third party out there uh, to get on the roof. It's funny because of, again, not necessarily in this case, but I've had other situations where once they do the home inspection, they say you need to call your insurance company to see if this is worth a claim. Then the roofers come out and they say they always want to meet the adjusters to kind of uh, make sure that they understand the severity of what's going on there. And there seems to be reputations with some of the adjusters. Some of them know that, hey, these guys are going to be a little tougher than others. And others are like, yeah, these guys are easy. It's a shame that and it's hard to give a standard for something like that. Um, but it's life, it sounds like. It's, it's like there's good ones, there's bad ones, there's good companies, there's bad companies. Um, and like I said, everybody's starting to pinch their pennies right now with the insurance companies, and they seem to be putting the squeeze on some of these claims a little bit more, and I'm sure it's a numbers thing. Uh, if so many people are doing it, then they've got to figure out a way to adjust for that. What are some of the ways they you're seeing they're adjusting? They're not paying for full roofs anymore. They're paying for partial. They're... they're um, I can't think of the word. The um, over time, they're not giving you the full benefit of. They're not giving you a brand new roof. It's ten years old. They're going to give you a 
the proration of they're, they're what fight, he's saying. They're fighting back now. They're going to obviously uh, feel the home out a little bit, and the contractor that they may be working with as well, and uh, how deep they want to push. Uh, there's some contractors that's just they're just not going to mess with it and go away. Um, and then there's going to be other contractors out there that are going to dig their feet in for the homeowner and, and fight for the homeowner to make sure that they get taken care of properly. But it's getting more difficult for all the insurance companies out there. If there hasn't been large wind, uh, tornadoes or storms coming through or even hail drop down, then they're trying to protect and do as little as they possibly can at that point. So – Again, going back to my process, where where are we at right now? They did this, what do you call it? ITEL is the name of the company? Yeah. It sounds like it's a national company where they take a sample of your roof and they try to find the best match or the exact same shingle somewhere. Correct. And even if you get that, it still doesn't look the same a lot of the times. Do you have any recourse after that? Other than the fact that, uh, you know, we're going to tell them it's a, a not a good match um, or line of appearance is not correct or response. Uh, the homeowner may have to get involved at that point and tell the insurance company or the in-house adjuster how he or she feels about the the, match. Re- the repair, right, if it looks good or looks looks bad. And of course, it's so difficult, you know, because you got the weather and you got the sun, you got, you know. The- well, one of the things your brother has done is he's taken the shingles that they suggested they buy and he put a few up on the roof and let them sit there for a little while, and he's going to take pictures to see how they compare a little bit of time. And then do we still have the chance to go back to the insurance company and say, hey, look at this. This is what you suggested. doesn't match. Do we have yeah. that opportunity yeah. to do that? We're going to take it as far out as we possibly can and exhaust every opportunity okay. for the homeowner, uh, as well as the homeowner may be in, involved a little bit more than he or she would be at, normally at this process. So. I see. So, again, we're talking a little bit about uh, insurance companies and how they are handling some of the roof claims. Um, my last insurance guy that was on was talking more and more about uh, the roof claims and not paying off the whole things, but paying off a portion of it. Most of my sellers are saying, hey, if they pay 70 percent, I'm happy with that. If they pay 50 percent, I'm happy with that. The other thing you can do is they're starting to offer um addendums to your policy you can add on what do you call those i forget what you call those but you can add on to your insurance policy writers to your insurance policy for another hundred bucks or two to get full coverage so anyway they're working on it hey when we come back i'm going to ask you some more hit hit quick hit questions Navigating the complexities of the current real estate market can be a daunting task. Fortunately, you have a trusted ally, the Paul George Group of Keller Williams Greater Columbus Realty. From the moment you start your journey, the Paul George Group with over 30 years of experience will be right beside you, guiding you through every step of the process, whether it's finding the perfect home or building, skillfully negotiating on your behalf, working with lenders, managing inspections, or handling title matters, their expertise in ensures your best interests are always at heart. Don't hesitate to take the first step towards your real estate goals. Reach out to the Paul George Group for a no-obligation consultation. Call 614-570-2853. That's 614-570-2853. Or email paul at paulgeorgerealestate.com. When it comes to making informed decisions in the real estate world, trust the Paul George Group to lead the way. Submit your questions for the show to Paul at PaulGeorgeRealEstate.com. That's Paul at PaulGeorgeRealEstate.com. Now back to your host, Paul George. Welcome back to the Paul George Real Estate Show. And again, I am here with Randy Sitz from Security Roofing, and we are talking all about roofs today. Uh, in this last segment, I always start off with kind of a tip of the week um, for homeowners or home buyers or whatever. Um, today I want to talk about, we are in the beginning of the year and I represent a lot of people who build homes, whether it's through the production builders like MI and Pulte and those kind. I also do custom homes. Um, I basically work on behalf of the buyers who are building the homes. The reason I bring that up is that 
many people want to be in a home uh, when school starts. And with the calendars the way they are now, there's building times can go anywhere from seven to nine to 12 months. Um, now's the time to actually start talking to me to see if we want to sit down and talk to a builder if you want to be in before school. Um, again, it's good to have that conversation, whether it's now or whether it's later. Um, but do your research now and get uh, pricing. Prices go up, seems like, every quarter with new construction. I do think interest rates are going to go down a little bit this year um, or stay stable, and we're in the sixes right now. Um, so just uh, if you're thinking about building, give me a holler and at least have that conversation. Let me show what I can do for you as well as work out some timing issues and things like that. So, Randy, talking about roofs, I want to get some quick hit questions that seem to come up when people – ask me about roofs or they're selling their house or they're buying a house. Um, probably the one that comes up most, and I don't hear as much about it anymore, but every so often I will see two layers of roof, two layers of asphalt shingles, meaning that when somebody put a new roof on, they just put it right over the old one. Is that still a thing? Can you still do that? Is it viable? Is it okay in, to do? In Ohio, you can do that. They allow two two layers of roof to go on. Um, I don't recommend it, and as a company, we don't do a layover for multiple reasons. Um, you cannot get down to the decking um, to inspect the wood that you're nailing into, mm. uh, which would affect the second layer or the installation of the second layer uh, if that nail's not going to go through um, the first layer that's been down and into solid wood or not. So, And the other issue is uh, any flashing around a chimney or counter flashing. Um, cannot be reflashed at that point. So, so they're just caulking and hoping it sticks. When somebody calls about a leak in a roof, where's the most common place you guys see it? Is it in a ceiling that it comes down from the roof there, or is it on an edge, or is it around a chimney? Where's the most common place you see intrusion? Any piercing. Any so it'll, it could be the chimney. It could be a pipe jack, um, a, a hat vent. Any hole that you may have on the roof, skylight. Um, again, if it, none of those piercing areas, we normally call it a field leak. And then we're looking for a low nail through installation where um, it's not being covered by the shingle above it. What's the oldest roof you've come upon, at least asphalt shingle? Oh, I think in the Dayton market, we're in a historic area. So probably dealing with a roof that's... 150 years old it probably had five six seven layers of asphalt shingles on it then you get down to wooden shakes yeah so you tear all that off and then you have to redeck the whole house and start all over you know i know you guys don't do slate roofs because that's a specialty item how long do those last if they last at all um most people you know i see a ton of them in bexley and when i come across those I don't have a homeowner yet who's been happy with it. They always complain about the breakage. They always complain about the maintenance they have to do on them. What's the advantage, disadvantage of a slate roof? I'm not sure if there's an advantage really? to having it at all. <laughs> I mean, they could be sharp looking in certain yeah. areas of the, you know, of Ohio anyhow. But uh, again, it's a product that they put on years and years and years ago, and it's slowly been replaced by your asphalt shingles. I have an aunt. Uh, she doesn't live there anymore. That They sold the house. But I remember, that's the first house I can remember. They have a cedar shake shingle. Mm -hmm. And the backside of the house is all green with moss and things like that. Does that make a difference on? Well, well absolutely. The moss and growth, uh, any shingle is going to make a difference. Uh, um, roofs aren't waterproof. They're built to shed water. <laughs> that makes sense. It does make sense. That's why there's a pitch on them, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, one of the things that always seems to come up when people are buying houses, they start noticing the roofs because I pointed out to them. They will go down the street and you'll see like stains on a black roof. And I've been told that it's some sort of a fungus or something like that. Is that it's algae? Algae. It's is just algae is? growing. Is that a detriment? Does it matter? It just looks ugly half you, the time. You just, at this point, you know, your algae's not going to. You know, it's going to occur. You know, there's algae resistant shingles out there right now. And uh, honestly, I, I still think in 
12 or 15, 16, 17 years, you're going to start to see algae on the north slopes yeah. uh, where the sun's not hitting as much so, um, or heavy tree line where the sun can't get to the roof to dry it out. Right. So anything that's going to hold moisture a little bit longer is going to eventually grow algae. One of the things that, again, this is on the inspection part of it, but a lot of times they find roof leaks when they go up in the attic because um, you can see stains and things like that. But probably something that the biggest surprise of any of my homeowners is when the buyer does a home inspection, they find a bunch of black mold or some kind of mold up there. And if I'm allowed to call it mold, mm-hmm. inspectors aren't allowed to call it mold because they're not qualified to do it, but we know what it is. What are the ways that people can keep that from happening, I guess to say? Most of the time when you see um, the black mold or algae on the underneath side of the decking in the attic space, it's because of lack of uh, exhaust for the bathrooms or dryer vents uh, that are vented into the attic space instead of the outside. So they're pumping moisture into the attic space. Yep. Sometimes it'll create water on the inside. Yep. I've seen that many a time where basically the attic fan for the bathroom mm-hmm. just goes out in the open. I know that's just putting moisture up there. Oh, correct. Um, okay, Randy, thanks for being here. If somebody wants to find you security roofing, how do they get a hold of you? Um, you can either contact the office out of the Dayton Market. Um, do you have a phone number or a website or anything like we, that? We we do. Um, ask, they call you directly. They, they call me directly, yeah. Uh, R sits at securityroofing.com. Is it I'm dot sorry, com dot, dot biz, B-I-Z, uh, on it. Uh, but then again, we're located at uh, 4420 uh, Taylorsville Road out in Dayton. Is, um, you guys got a website? You can find a security roofing website as well, yeah. Mm-hmm got biz and that's what it is all right we'll see you guys next week all right thank you this has been the paul george real estate show with your host paul george sponsored by the paul george real estate group the opinions expressed on this program are those of the hosts guests and callers and not necessarily those of salem media group staff management or advertisers tune in next week for an all-new episode of the paul george real estate show and follow paul online at PaulGeorgeRealEstate.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.